Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Welcome back to New Reflections. Uh, glad to have you here. This show this week may save your life. This is one of the most important shows we've done. I think this is probably the most important show I've ever done. Today's show is all about patient safety. And this is a, a very important topic, especially lately down here. There have been certain things going on, some things in the news, some of you may have heard of. We're going to talk about them. But having an aesthetic procedure, having plastic surgery, a cosmetic procedure, is an important thing to consider. There's a lot to consider when you're going to have a, a procedure like this. There's a lot of things to think about. And people just don't think enough. People listen to advertisements and they decide, gee, that sounds good. They go in and they see, maybe they don't even see a doctor. Sometimes you go in, you don't even see a doctor. The price looks right. It's something you want to do and you go ahead and do it. Some people put more thought into who's going to cut their hair than they do who's going to cut their skin. You ask the average woman, you know, if you're having a conversation, two ladies are having a conversation, and one of them says, oh, hey, I went, I heard about this salon, they're doing hair coloring for 25 bucks. You're going to get some raised eyebrows, and you're not necessarily going to rush over to that salon and get things done, because you really care about how your hair is going to turn out and look. You, you give it better scrutiny than some people do with having a cosmetic procedure. Plastic surgery is a big deal, and you really have to do homework and think about where you're going. Not all surgeons are created equal. And that's what this show is all about. We're going to be talking with Pamela Howard in a little while. Pamela Howard is the founder of theplastictruth.com. She's a plastic surgery consultant. We're going to learn all sorts of stuff from her about things that are recommended when you're starting to think about having a cosmetic procedure. We're also going to talk to Dr. Scott Glasper. He's representing the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. We're going to get great information from him and then rounding the show out with uh, Dr. James Grotting. Uh, Jim Grotting is representing the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. And we're going to learn all about things that you really need to know. If you're thinking about having a procedure done, whether it's injectables or an actual surgical procedure, you need to listen carefully to this show. This show really can save your life if you learn some of the important things to check before going in and having a procedure done. You know, one of the things that I tell people all the time when we're talking casually about plastic surgery is if you were thinking about having a coronary bypass, you'll say you're sick, you've got heart disease, you have to have a bypass operation, you don't start calling around checking prices and seeing who the cheapest guy in town is. Probably not a good idea to do. Why do people do that with plastic surgery? Well, let me tell you why. 
plastic surgery has been has become a commodity. People think that it's exchangeable. That you know, having a a breast augmentation done by Dr. Smith is the same as Dr. Jones. Well, that's just not the case. Dr. Smith and Jones can be very, very different surgeons. And in fact, one of them might not even be a surgeon, depending upon where you live and what kind of clinic you go to to get your consultation. You've got to be real careful. And here's some examples. Some of these things happen, some of these bad complications will happen even in good hands. Surgery is risky, but you want to play the percentages. You want to get yourself in the hands that are the safest that have the most experience and do things in a way that's going to keep you safe and make sure you don't get hurt. Unfortunately, some people find their way into hands that are less than safe and they end up having very unfortunate complications and consequences. There was a case down here in South Florida just two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, a young lady, early 30s, with a husband, a family, went in to have liposuction with fat transfer to her buttocks done. And this operation was done in an office-based operating room. Shortly into the case being done, during surgery, she had a complication. She was then taken from the office surgery center to a hospital where she died. And this death is not the first one for this particular center. However, I will tell you that this center is very successful very successful. There are some shocking things that you hear about all the time in the news and you wonder how does this happen? My question is how does it happen time and time again and people still go there? Well we're going to talk about why that happens. It happens because people advertise, these, these centers advertise, they have huge marketing budgets. In fact they place a premium on marketing over patient safety in some cases. There was a liposuction case earlier last year, a different clinic, another patient died. There was a facelift case that was happening in a small clinic. Some of these things are done under local anesthesia. In fact, the liposuction case in the small clinic and the facelift case in a smaller clinic, both were done under local anesthesia. So all the hype about getting things done under local anesthesia, being safer and being wonderful, is not so true. In fact, the facelift case was done in a shoddy little operating room in a small strip mall clinic. Now, if, if someone set up a garage with an operating room, happen to live on your block, would you feel comfortable going into that garage and having surgery? Well, let me tell you, some of these operating rooms that you'll see in these smaller clinics are not a whole lot better than that. You have to really be careful and do your homework when you're deciding where, and where you're gonna have a procedure and who's gonna do it for you. And it's not limited to this country. There was a Chinese singer, a singer in China that was very popular, her name was Wang Bei. You can look it up on the internet, B-E-I, Wang Bei, 24-year-old beautiful girl, popular singer, pop star in China, died during facial surgery. These things happen all over the world. It's not limited to the United States. Everywhere you go, you have to think about what choices you're making and how to make those choices. And you've got to be careful because people are guided by marketing. There's a lot of false marketing out there. The word cosmetic surgeon in the United States is not a regulated term. Anyone hearing my voice right now can call themselves a cosmetic surgeon. There's really no, no rules against it. In fact, any doctor uh, in many states, including the state of Florida, is licensed as a physician and surgeon. If a doctor can get a patient to consent to have a procedure, 
There's nothing illegal about that doctor performing the procedure, regardless of how fit they are to do it. If they've never had any training, doesn't matter. If the patient gives consent, that doctor can perform that procedure, that surgery. And they can call themselves a cosmetic surgeon. There's nothing stopping them. You could be a, a family doctor. You could be an internist. Never had a day of surgical training in your life. You can call yourself a cosmetic surgeon. There's no rule against it. There are some popular ads that ran uh, for one of the local centers for plastic surgery here in Miami. And they said, have one of our board-certified plastic surgeons take care of you. Well, that phrase, one of our board-certified plastic surgeons, if you don't listen carefully, it can make you think that they're all board-certified, but they're not. If you get one of the board-certified plastic surgeons, great. Maybe you're in good hands. But if you don't, you might be assuming that you already have a board-certified plastic surgeon. And not all board certifications created equal either. I'm going to talk about that today, too, just a little bit later in the show. One of the big offenders of misinformation lately is Lifestyle Lift. Lifestyle Lift advertises on TV, on radio. You'll hear about them all over the place. This the one-hour facelift done under local anesthesia. Go right back to work. No one will ever know. Wonderful results done in the office. Well, Lifestyle Lift was getting a lot of bad reviews on those review sites that you see rating doctors and procedures. And in the state of New York, the attorney general did an investigation into Lifestyle Lift and fined them $300,000. And that fine was given to them because they had employees going online and entering positive reviews about Lifestyle Lift as if they were patients. So be real careful about where you're getting your information from and the quality of it. You gotta be very careful about the choices that you make. And one of the best ways to do your research is to find the right people to give you the information. And I have one of them about to join me. I'd like to introduce you to Pamela Howard. She's a plastic surgery consultant and a founder of theplastictruth.com. Pamela, thanks Hi, for Dr. joining Ruben me. Hi, How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for coming on the show. I feel very passionate about this today. I know you do. Tell us about The Plastic Truth. What made you found the website, and what's it all about? It is a uh, public education website and basically a free service where I help direct uh, prospective patients from people considering cosmetic or aesthetic procedures and doing their research to find a real board-certified plastic surgeon. And when they're doing the research, what role can the Plastic Truth take? How can you help guide them? With information, information is power, really. When you know the difference between a real plastic surgeon and a non, what I refer to as a rogue plastic surgeon, when you know the difference, it can help better help you as a patient choose the correct surgeon for you and the correct procedure that you are seeking to have. There are many um, resources on my website that, that point out the real plastic surgeons, and I even have an educational section that outlines the differences between the real plastic surgeons and the non-plastic surgeons between their board certifications that are not recognized by the American Board of Medical Specialties. That's an important point. The American Board of Medical Specialties is the body that certifies residency programs and oversees residency programs and the training that doctors have to go through to get their specialty 
And in the case of plastic surgery, the only board that is a member of the American Board of Medical Specialties that's governed by them, that regulates and certifies plastic surgeons, is the American Board of Plastic Surgery. So it's not enough to ask if you're a doctor's board certified. No, it is not enough to ask that alone. Doctors can state they're board certified, and that sounds great. However, that is not enough information. You need to know that exact board, that exact name of the board, and then you need to find out if it is indeed a recognized board certification. Well, it's a good point, too. Uh, there are a lot of patients that come in, and I always ask, well, who else have you seen for this? And they'll name some names, and I always like to check out who they're seeing. It's a small community of real legitimately certified, board-certified plastic surgeons, and we all pretty much know each other in a given community. Sometimes they'll come in and say, well, I'm certified. I saw Dr. Jones, and, and he was certified by the American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery. What do you think about that? Uh, not exactly one of my favorite groups um, because <laughs> I do not recommend that the physicians that obtain and seek that board certification, they don't recommend or actually it's not a requirement I guess I should say that that physician have completed a formal plastic surgery residency program. Their only recommendation is um, or requirement is that they have first off a medical license. I think they have to pass drug testing and have a driver's license too and they have to complete a one-year fellowship and a fellowship is great but it's not formal training. It's like doing an internship. Well, and those fellowships are not even supervised. You know, we're going to get right. we're going to get really into this. In fact, we're going to talk. You you have your three golden resources you recommend. We're going to get to that and talking about some of the problems with the marketing after we come back from the break. Join us after the break on New Reflections. We'll be talking with Pamela. Howell. Your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. When you looked in the mirror first thing this morning, did you see a big, wide smile? Or did you find something new to not like about yourself, about what you have to do or where you are? Tune in to the wellness journey guided by Linus of Praiseworks. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway. 
where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back. Welcome back to New Reflections. We're chatting with Pamela Howard, plastic surgery consultant and the founder of theplastictruth.com. That's the plastictruth, one word, dot com. We were just talking about the American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery and how their uh, quote-unquote certification is a little different than the American Board of Plastic Surgery in some important ways. There's also the American Board of Cosmetic Surgery and a, and a whole host of other bodies that are not the American Board of Plastic Surgery. What advice would you give to someone when asking about board certification, Pamela? Um, gosh, it's that's a big, loaded question to ask. But I think the first advice I would get or give to somebody would say, go to the American Board of Plastic Surgeons website at abplsurg.org and search and do your research and read about it so that you can educate yourself to know the difference first off, and they can actually help you find a real board-certified plastic surgeon. Now you have your what you call your three golden resources, and one of them is the American Board of Plastic Surgery. That's a great piece of advice. So the American Board of Plastic Surgery is a place where you can look up any doctor, any surgeon, and see if they are in fact certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Because a lot of people put themselves out as board certified plastic surgeons, but they're not certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery in truth. As you can look it up yourself just by going to their website. So that's one of the three golden resources. What are the other two? The other ones are plastic surgery societies, the American Society of Plastic Surgery, and the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Both of those require the physicians have the correct board certification to be members. They have strict ethics that the surgeons must adhere to uh, and continuing medical education requirements that they must meet yearly, which is fantastic. And that is a great way to find a plastic surgeon, too, through those societies alone because they work hand-in-hand with that board certification by the American Board of Plastic Surgeons. In fact, you can't be a member of the American Society for Plastic Surgeons or the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery if you're not a board-certified plastic surgeon. 
Correct, if you don't have the correct board certification, correct. So anybody that's looking for a plastic surgeon for possibly having a procedure can go to the American Society for Plastic Surgeons or the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, and on the websites there are referral services that are good in any state and nearly any city in the country. That's correct, and even if you've already chosen or perhaps have been referred to a plastic surgeon, you can still go to these websites to verify their credentials because anybody can claim anything in their marketing. So check it out. Verify their credentials. Go to these websites and make sure they do have that board certification. Very, very important point. You mentioned marketing and you mentioned ethics a little earlier. To be a board-certified plastic surgeon and to be a member of these societies, whether it's the ASPS or ASAPS, as the American Society of Plastic Surgeons or the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, to be a member of these societies, you have to ascribe to a very strong ethics code. And that ethics code restricts the things that you can and cannot say in your marketing efforts. The fact is, the people that are not members of these societies and still claim to be cosmetic surgeons, etc., they don't have those limitations. Let's talk a little bit about things that you've seen as a plastic surgery consultant and in your research for theplastictruth.com about marketing issues comparing truly board-certified plastic surgeons and the competition. I think the first thing that comes off that kind of gets under my nails a little bit would be how the non-plastic surgeons, the rogues, they will often refer to themselves as a you know, I'm, I'm the specialist or I'm the expert. And they use these words to throw out at you to really be deceptive. And, you know, the plastic surgeons that are members of the ASPS and the ASAPS, they're not allowed to say that. They're, they're, their guidelines are very restricted and, I guess, a little more classy than um, the other ethics. I don't know if there really are ethics with the other uh, non-recognized board certifications. It doesn't appear they really do have some because they, they seem to use um, what the real plastic surgeons should not use in their marketing and say. They seem to use those and highlight that heavily in their marketing practices. Yeah, and that really is a problem because it makes it makes it look like some of those doctors might be better choices to the public who may not know the difference. And certainly, they don't know that truly board-certified plastic surgeons and members of these societies can't say that I'm the best in this or you know, the, the finest in that, I have the most experience. In fact, the ethics guideline really restricts you from saying anything that sets you apart saying that you are better than other choices that are similarly trained. You're not allowed to make those kind of claims. So when the other guys and, and, and ladies make those claims in their advertising, it puts them at a competitive marketing advantage that patients really need to be aware of and they need to be careful about. They do, and that's a big red flag. When you see those words expert and specialist or and the best, People in the public need to really just attach a red flag to that right there. That should be your first clue that this guy might not be the real deal. You know, marketing in general is something that was very taboo to these societies and the American Board of Plastic Surgery years ago. It, it's now in today's society, in today's world, it's become a fact of life. It's just an absolute necessity in doing business and being able to run your practice. Is if people don't know you're out there, they're not going to come and see you 
And believe me, everyone else that's not bound by these rules is telling everyone and their brother that they're out there and they're wonderful and come see them and you know you buy one breast get one free and all these crazy claims that you'll hear about and see and read in magazines here on radio. So you got to be careful about the marketing. One thing that I'd like to point out to listeners is you know if you see a center for plastic surgery or somebody that does tons of marketing. And they continue to do tons of marketing, constantly marketing, marketing, marketing. You've got to ask yourself, why do they have to market so heavily if they've been around for such a, a long time and they have so many patients? Because the truth is, if you have that big a patient base, word of mouth should be enough to keep you going and keep everything running and make you a successful practice. Why do you have to continue to advertise to such degree? I agree, but I'd also like to point out that word of mouth sometimes isn't always, uh, you shouldn't end there as a patient when seeking a board-certified plastic surgeon. A referral is always one of the best starting points that you can have when you know someone else who had had a positive experience with a plastic surgeon, but you should still check their, uh, their credentials because there are celebrities that we know about that we hear in the Hollywood tabloids that have had unfortunate referrals and ended up in the wrong hands. Well, that's true. You know, the most famous example lately is uh, Don DeWest, uh, Kanye West's mother. And that was a, a disaster for him and his family. And, of course, it, as many of you may know, she died post-operatively after a tummy tug. And uh, the truth and the fact of the matter is that her surgeon was not board certified. No, he was not only not board certified, but she had actually consulted with a few other real board certified plastic surgeons, and they refused to un put her under the general anesthesia for those procedures without her first getting clearance from her cardiologist due to her medical history. Yeah, and I understand that that was not done. Mm -hmm. Well, these, these problems are rampant, unfortunately, throughout the United States, and one of the bodies that uh, has taken a lead in trying to educate the public and trying to help people make better choices is the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, and we have on the line Dr. Scott Glassberg. Now, Pamela, I'd like you to stay on with us, and we're going to try and keep everybody talking about this. This issue is so important. I want to get everybody's input. I've got Dr. Scott Glassberg now joining us from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Dr. Glassberg, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you giving your time. Now, one thing that, uh, that I'd like to ask you, the ASPS, American Society of Plastic Surgeons, deals with these things all the time. What are the big problems that the ASPS sees frequently when dealing with issues of patient safety? Well, in hearing a little bit about what you were talking about, the biggest problem is very typically patients not asking the right questions and not doing their homework. And patients need to realize you're not out buying a car, you're not out buying a table, you're not out buying a coat or a piece of clothing. You're out there uh, protecting yourself and your life, quite frankly. And so patients need to ask the right questions. You've touched on a lot of them, I heard. Uh, it's important to ask about board certification. It's important to ask also about accreditation of facilities. You know, you want to make sure that the facility where you're going to be operated on is accredited by, by one of the three accrediting bodies. At the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, we require that all of our members um, not only are board certified, not only adhere to the code of ethics, which you were referring to earlier, but also must practice in accredited facilities for all the procedures uh, that they're doing. 
Now, one other thing uh, it's important to ask for as well is, does the person who is perhaps doing a procedure in the office and may be board certified or not, does that person also have hospital privilege to perform that same procedure? And the reason why that's so important is, God forbid, something happens in that office. You want to make sure that your doctor, your plastic, quote-unquote plastic surgeon, has the ability to transfer you to a, a local close-by hospital so that you can get the appropriate care. So there are a lot of questions, and, and unfortunately, patients are sometimes intimidated, and they really shouldn't be. I encourage patients during my consultation, if they seem hesitant about asking me questions, they'll sometimes sort of caveat it with, uh, you know, I, I hate to have to ask you this, and I say, don't, please, ask me any question you want, because I want you to be as comfortable with me as possible before we embark uh, in a relationship, a doctor-patient relationship uh, for surgery. Now, I feel the same way. There's so much to talk about. And you're also involved in governmental affairs, and one of the things that we're going to chat about, we're going to be going to break very soon. When we get back from the break, one of the things we're going to chat about is any initiatives that the government may have. Are there any protections, or what are the lack of protections? What are some of the problems that we deal with in trying to keep patients safe, whether they come to someone who is a board-certified surgeon or not? But for now... Uh, we're going to go to commercial break, and when we get back, we'll be back with Dr. Pamela Howard on New Reflection. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Do you know if kidney disease is affecting you? Are your kidneys healthy? You may have kidney disease and not even be aware of it. 26 million people have been affected by kidney disease. Teenagers today are being diagnosed with symptoms such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These conditions can worsen kidney health and cause kidney disease. Be sure to tune in to improve your kidney health with your host, Dr. Rich Snyder, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The information you get on this program could help save your life. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You can also send an email to info at dr rubenstein.com. 
That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to New Reflections. We are chatting with Pamela Howard, plastic surgery consultant, and Dr. Scott Glassberg from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. We were just talking a little bit about government affairs. And I guess what I'd like to ask you, because Dr. Glassberg, you're very involved in uh, trying to keep patients safe and trying to have the government involved in that process. Tell us a little bit about what, what various governments, whether it's state or federal, can do or have been doing to help keep patients safe, and what are the failures? Well, you know, it, it is honestly a tough process because most of this is regulated at the state level. And first and foremost, there are many variations from state to state. But more importantly than that, often the state regulatory bodies don't get involved until a tragedy has occurred. Uh, and it's only then that they then step in and, uh, and intervene. What we do at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons is we have an active advocacy wing uh, to our organization. And within that advocacy wing, we have uh, different levels, uh, three different levels, a federal level, a state level, and then a regulatory level that does both federal and state regulatory uh, uh, issues. And, and what we do is we keep an active, or I should say a proactive, uh, monitoring and ongoing uh, interchange and, and uh, dialogue with all of these bodies. So if it's at the you know, federal level, it might be the FDA. At a state level, it may be a board of medicine. And especially if we hear of incidences or things that are occurring, we'll then delve deeper and uh, really uh, gin up those uh, discussions. Um, but uh, most importantly, we have developed a sort of grassroots base amongst plastic surgeons across the country. So, for example, about two to three years ago, New York, where I'm in practice, uh, was very interested in starting uh, an office-based surgery guidelines. You know, that really came about because many of our members at the state level were actively involved in saying how important it was. A committee was formed by the governor on that committee of about 11 people. There were actually three plastic surgeons, all obviously board certified, representing our state and, and, and the national society. And uh, we came up with some very strict guidelines for office-based surgery um, that included many of the patient safety parameters you've talked about. I mentioned accreditation earlier. And, uh, you know, so in a proactive way, uh, we were able to set up a set of guidelines that have really taken hold uh, in, in New York State. And we continue to try to do that uh, across the country. We have an active um, patient education uh, section of our society as well, which is constantly out there. Um, uh, in a proactive way, uh, sending messages to the public, trying to educate the public on a continual basis of just what's important. We also have, uh, you know, both through our website and through our telephone lines, our website, uh, www.plasticsurgery.org, um, you can either write in or you can look for uh, who's board certified, who's not, who's trained where, what is their training, um, and who's doing what types of procedures. Uh, or you can even call in and speak with someone. Uh, and uh, if you have a name or you obviously can get a referral. And, you know, calling into the American Society of Plastic Surgeons is probably the easiest thing for a patient because, again, as I noted earlier, they guarantee that when they get that name, that person has been through a very rigorous uh, monitoring by the society. Um, and, uh, and we say, so you know, the patient, uh, you know that the surgeon is board certified, uh, you know that the surgeon is operating in an accredited facility, and you know that the uh, a, a surgeon is abiding by ethical conduct. One other thing I would lastly add is that ASPS, we also have a very uh, active health policy and patient safety uh, wing as well. It's under the advocacy wing. And what we do there is continually uh, on an ongoing basis 
look at the guidelines for various procedures and update them based on the best evidence-based medicine that's out there. So we're actively uh, educating our surgeons as well and making sure that they have the information that's going to get them the best possible results and uh, be able to treat patients in the safest manner. Well, obviously, we're putting a lot of effort into trying to improve the situation for patients that are looking to have procedures done, getting them into safe hands, and at least giving them the information to make good choices. Now, my wife is an attorney, and she looks at this problem. She hears about things like the death that happened just a couple of weeks ago here in South Florida, and, and she says, you know, how are you guys, you guys meaning plastic surgeons on whole, allowing people to get into those hands? How are you not educating the public better? And it's really an uphill battle because of something called restraint of trade issues. And I'm sure it's something that you deal with when uh, working with government bodies. Tell us a little bit about how the restraint of trade problem prohibits us from being able to say, or being able to try and, and help regulate and make rules about who can do what procedures. Well, you know, it's illegal for us as, as a society or even as a surgeon to sort of go out and say that somebody's not something um, for just those reasons. Uh, what we can do is, in a proactive way, educate the public on what's important to ask. Um, but we are hitting the nail on the head in, in another way, and that is through some of our legislative efforts. Um, there's a truth, uh, something called the Truth in Medical Education Bill, which was actually passed in Florida and has been passed in, uh, in, in uh, California. And then the next level, uh, which is uh, a bill in California, which was recently passed, which requires surgeons to list their board certification, and they only list uh, their board certifications if uh, they are an approved, one of the 26 approved uh, boards of the American Board of Medical Specialties. We continually uh, uh, have legislative efforts across the country, both at the state and the federal level. There's a federal bill right now that will be dropped soon in this new Congress that will do similar things. Um, so we try to hit it both ways, but it is a gray zone and it is difficult. It's difficult because of what we can legally say, um, and it takes a little bit of strategy from an advocacy standpoint to uh, find out where these pockets are uh, of surgeons that are operating uh, outside their domain or in unsafe ways, and then finding ways uh, to get to them. There is no problem, however, reporting these people to the local medical board. Those are the medical boards in every one of the 50 states uh, will take a uh, complaint uh, from a person, and it could be from a surgeon, it could be from a patient, um, and will and are obligated uh, to investigate it. Um, sometimes those go, you know, those are helpful, um, but that is one way that patients uh, and we can continue to monitor and, and help uh, improve the situation. Well, that certainly improves things on a you know moving forward basis. But unfortunately, as you mentioned before, a lot of that happens after some disaster has struck and patients already had a complication. They've had trouble. They've discovered that their, the doctor that did their procedure really wasn't qualified to do their procedure, and now they've had a problem, and that's something that happens afterwards. And, you know, this, the restraint of trade problem that we have and not being able to say someone is or isn't uh, qualified, it, it really restricts us from being able to set guidelines that say that uh, certain types of doctors can't do certain procedures because they're simply not qualified to do. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it, in the state of Florida and many other states in the United States, if you're licensed, you're licensed as a physician and surgeon, and if you can get a, a patient to give you consent to do something, 
you're allowed to do that. There's no legal remedy if you give consent and you have a, a complication of a procedure. The fact is, you gave consent to do the procedure, and there's nothing illegal about the doctor using his or her license in that manner. Now, Dr. Glassberg, you're certified in general surgery and plastic surgery, you know, so-called double board certified. There, there are now some general surgeons uh, wanting to do general surgery, and uh, well, sorry, not, not general surgery, wanting to do plastic surgery. They say, well, we operate on breast, why can't we put in breast implant? What's your take? Well, I mean, board certification is geared towards a subspecialty or specialty-specific training. So when I was trained in general surgery, it allowed me to do the full spectrum of general surgical procedures. But that doesn't include plastic surgery. You know, the same way someone who is board certified in internal medicine can't go out and do neurosurgery. I mean, you know, for some reason to the public, that sounds insane, but sometimes the other doesn't. And, you know, that's where we need to continue to educate patients. So, you know, um, the, the issue uh, of board certification does require explanation, and it's been a real uh, issue um, in trying to educate the public because not only are there these uh, gray areas that you're talking about, but there are also these rogue boards out there that are not American Board of Medical Specialty boards who just, you know, take up a name and a trademark, uh, you know, such as the American Board of Cosmetic Surgery, which is not an American Board of Medical Specialty board, and try to conduct themselves on an equal keel uh, with uh, a board like the American Board of Plastic Surgery. So, I mean, the most important thing, I get back to what I started with, is, is we need to educate the public that they need to be comfortable asking the questions. And the thing has, that has frustrated me since I started in practice has been the fact that when I tell patients this, you know, it's interesting. They will spend months investigating a car that they will buy and ask a million questions. But when it comes to their health, they don't seem willing uh, to ask those questions. Um, and I, we just need to keep sending that message out that patients need to ask the, the appropriate questions. And, and, and I tell patients, if you feel the slightest discomfort with the surgeon who's going to operate on you, then just move on. There are so many well-qualified, board-certified plastic surgeons out there. You will find someone you're comfortable with. And quite frankly, there's oftentimes where I will see patients, and I tell patients, you know, I want to feel as comfortable with you as you feel with me because in some sense, the minute I operate on you, you become part of my family. Yeah, of course, and, and people do spend, they spend more time thinking about things like getting their hair done and buying a car or what, in the, the next, uh, where they're going to go for dinner the next day than, than they do sometimes about choosing their surgeon. One of the boards, one of the, one of the bodies uh, in the societies that have been helping patients and trying to add to the cause of patient safety has been the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. And uh, Dr. Glassberg, stay with us along with Pamela. We're going to introduce Dr. James Grotting. Dr. Grotting, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be part of the discussion. Well, we're so happy to have you and to have uh, ASAPS represented, the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. And Dr. Grotting, you are the, the chairman of the Patient Safety Committee for ASAPS. Tell me, what have been the big issues for ASAPS and patient safety? Well, ASAPS uh, and the American Society for <coughs> Plastic Surgery, I should say that many members of uh, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, which Dr. Glassberg is talking about, are also members of the Aesthetic Society, as it's called. And really, in both societies, uh, the whole issue of patient safety is of, of paramount importance. And the thrust, really, is making sure that all of, all of our members are 
uh, continually educated on the uh, the main problems that come into play with with patient safety and and really breaking them down into categories such as infection, hematoma, blood clots, you know, all of these things that can occur with aesthetic uh, or elective plastic surgery and making sure that we do everything possible to educate surgeons on how to minimize these risks. So it not only is a patient education, but continuing education for the surgeons that are members of the societies. That's exactly right, and I think that's what really separates uh, uh, the societies that that are formed by board-certified plastic surgeons from other specialists uh, involved in you know uh, in practicing plastic surgery who are not board-certified is that we really focus on maintaining the highest level of training and continuing surgical education uh, uh, anywhere in the world. Well, we're going to have to go to a commercial break when we get back. We're going to continue the discussion talking about what ASAP has been doing to help make things better for patients and a host of other topics. And I want to get everybody here with Dr. James Rodding, Dr. Glassberg, and Pamela Howard, a new reflection. We'll be right back after this break. Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. The key to well-being and being well lies in creativity. The creative arts transform our minds, bodies, and emotions. Tune in to Healing Through Creativity with your host, Dr. Desiree Cox, Renaissance woman, Rhodes Scholar, medical doctor, and artist. Each program will feature experts on the art and science of creativity and health. You'll discover how the creative arts are also healing arts and how to maximize your creative potential. Tune in to Healing Through Creativity, Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are here with uh, Dr. James Grotting, Dr. Scott Glassberg, and Pamela Howard talking about patient safety in plastic surgery. Now, Dr. Grotting, we were talking about ASAPS, the Aesthetic Society, and the, the role that it, it can take in helping both doctors stay educated and being safe as well as educating the public. Uh, tell us a little bit about the public education campaign. We heard a little bit from Dr. Glassberg earlier. Well, uh, this is a continuing effort by the Aesthetic Society to get the information out there because, you know, as has been mentioned throughout the program here, it's a little bit of a buyer beware situation. There's so much marketing that's going on <clears throat> and, and so much confusion among the public about how to choose the right plastic surgeon and, and uh, so many procedures uh, are marketed directly to the public that it becomes uh, a, a real challenge by the professional societies to put the right information out there. And I totally agree with what was mentioned earlier by Dr. Glassberg and by Dr. Rubenstein uh, with regard to how much effort patients put into doing their research. And the, the Aesthetic Society, through their website, which is surgery.org, uh, also has uh, a lot of resources about how to choose the right surgeon, uh, about how to keep yourself uh, healthy. You know, we all know, or at least pla uh, patients who are thinking about having plastic surgery need to know uh, that this is elective uh, cosmetic surgery is primarily for, for healthy patients. You know, patients need to make sure that they are fit, they're in shape, Liposuction, for example, is not a substitute for diet and exercise. And successful outcomes in elective plastic surgery are the best if you combine it with a, a lifestyle change. Right, exactly. I, I, the, the challenge that, that we have in seeing patients that come to our office and, and having gone to other centers for cosmetic surgery or for plastic surgery is is the lack of education obviously the aesthetic society and the american society of plastic surgeons is trying to give that education but i, I want to give a uh, a comment about uh pamela howard's video i think you're asking about my video and um about the the public education uh regarding the video and all the bullet points that i point out uh, on how to find a real board-certified plastic surgeon uh, through the American Board of Plastic Surgery, the ASPS and the ASAPS, and the, the very important patient safety questions that I touch on in the video also regarding um, ask, asking to see pictures of other patients of the procedure that surgeon has performed and, and the procedure in question 
and about hospital privileges. That is a big, big plus that Dr. Glassberg pointed out earlier as well. Yeah, it's important to make sure that a surgeon has the, the rights in the hospital, not only because if something goes wrong, you want to admit them to the hospital and be able to, to do uh, their continued care, but also if you don't have privileges in a hospital to do these procedures, you probably shouldn't be doing them in an office-based operating room. Well, as a surgeon, you have to get approval. Uh, when you get credentials as a surgeon in a hospital, they approve you for procedures, not just because you have a medical license. So if that surgeon is not approved to do, say, a facelift in a hospital, then how can that surgeon be approved to do it, say, in an office-based operating facility? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly my point. Now, what, everything we're talking about is all well and good for folks here in this country, but I know in my practice and Dr. Glassberg and Grotting, I'm sure you see this as well, I have patients that show up in my office after having gone abroad, other countries, especially here in Miami, people go to Central America, uh, you know, Mexico, even to South America, Colombia, Brazil, and there are some very qualified surgeons in those countries that can do good work. Unfortunately, they don't have things like uh, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons or the Aesthetic Society or certainly not the American Board of Plastic Surgery equivalents down there as yet in many of these countries and people are sort of like playing roulette with their uh, with their surgeons and going by word of mouth which isn't always reliable what are your takes I'd like to hear you know, Dr. Glassberg, Dr. Grotting, what are your thoughts on this uh, trend of traveling for surgery? Um, this is a really uh, interesting and important point uh, that you mentioned, and actually we've recognized that the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. About two years ago, we have started a huge international effort at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, and we are now interacting with national societies from all over the world. We've actually recently, just in the last year, signed memorandums of understanding with eight different countries, uh, one of which you mentioned, Brazil, um, some of the ones in Europe, uh, a few in Asia as well, the, you know, Australia, New Zealand, and what we're doing with these uh, with these dialogues with these national societies. First and foremost, we're putting patient safety at the top of that uh, of that agenda. We understand that what you're talking about, what we call medical tourism, is a real problem, um, and we're also making the point to communicate together to identify who are the well-trained plastic surgeons in those countries and get that information out there. And if we have information that we can share with these other countries and these national societies and these well-respected national societies from around the world, we do that, and, and vice versa is true as well. So we have started a huge global effort uh, at the American Society of uh, Plastic Surgeons, and patient safety is really the backbone of that uh, effort. And Dr. Grotting, how about uh, ASAP's take on this? Well, you know, Adam, it really it really boils down to some common sense considerations here. Even the term medical tourism is a little bit of a of a misnomer, even though it's a compelling concept to go tour around Thailand and oh, by the way, have some plastic surgery as well. But really, uh, when you think about it, you know, uh, there are a number of, no of potential problems, just like we were talking about earlier. Even when you choose a plastic surgeon in your own city, considerations such as uh, if something goes wrong, where am I going to be transported? Is there a hospital nearby? And these uh, types of problems are magnified many-fold uh, when you talk about going overseas. You know, there simply aren't the same standards, even though there are, are good plastic surgeons 
you know, in in various countries around the world, uh, the the problem is that patients tend to shop by internet, and although you may you know see a, a, a photo of a lovely garden outside a, a recovery center in some foreign city, the fact of the matter is the actual operating room, the credentials of the surgeon uh, who may be operating on you, the fact that you may not. Uh, be cleared medically uh, in a place like that, and certainly if something goes wrong and you end up uh, having urgently to receive some kind of uh, additional treatment either yeah. uh, there or back <coughs> home. Yeah, and when they come home, that's a real issue. You know, I, I'm one of the few surgeons in my area that is willing to see patients that have been to other doctors in other countries to see if they have a problem and try and help them. But we could do a whole show on on this issue alone, and maybe we Absolutely. will. I think Absolutely. I think maybe we'll have you guys back. We're coming up to the end of the show. I wanted to make sure we mentioned uh, before we go the uh, important references. So, uh, Pamela, can you remind us again? Tell us your website. It is theplastictruth.com. And And uh, I I, I do urge everyone, I'm sorry, I do urge everyone to go to theplastictruth.com. The the video about how to choose your plastic surgeon is worth it alone, and there's a host of other information that you can get on the website. And uh, Dr. Glassberg, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, uh, that website? www.plasticsurgery.org. And again, a great resource for getting a referral for a plastic surgeon. Another referral resource and just general information resource is fantastic is the Aesthetic Society, Dr. Grotting, that website. And that's www.surgery.org. And I would, uh, I would point out the Ask a Surgeon uh, feature on that website. It's an easy way to really get good, solid answers by board-certified plastic surgeons without leaving your, your home. Great, great advice. And, you know, this is such an important topic. I know that I'm going to be doing another show in the future talking about some of the unfortunate things that have happened in the past and what actually went wrong in each of these cases. Uh, Maybe we'd be able to have you folks back on the show to analyze and talk about some of these cases specifically. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. I guess the last parting comments, what would your... Uh, your final word be about patient safety. I guess it's all about education. Educate yourself. Make sure your doctor is properly educated. And keep coming and listening to new reflections to get your education about plastic surgery and plastic surgery procedures. I'm Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on New Reflections. informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for New Reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.